Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host coming to you live from Palmetto Bluffs, South Carolina, the one and only Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andrew Ruther. What's going on, man? Living that East Coast beach life. That 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 East Coast Southern Swampa beach life. Yeah, I'm not really on the beach here. But I am on a river on this beautiful, like, southern – it's not even a resort. It's just like a southern – it's basically like a private uh, – it's like on an animal – old animal refuge. It's just like it's just like when you imagine the south and you imagine it terrible, it's like the opposite of that. It's like all kinds of screened-in porches and uh, golf carts around the bricks uh, driveways. I don't reckon you're drinking some sweet tea while you're down there, Mr. Prano. I reckon I might. I reckon I might. We caught some shrimp this morning. We caught some uh, fish. Went fishing. I love that region. Now, my family, like I said, always went on vacation in this little island probably about 60 miles north of Hilton Head called Fripp Island. And my brother goes down there a lot to another place called Harbor Island. I Minus the bugs, now that we're spoiled living out here in California, minus the bugs, I think like that whole area and along the coast is beautiful. Yeah. I, I actually – I've always loved the south too just like being – when you're out in like the boonies, like I just love the – the like the texture of the land like all the trees that like hang down and everything's so green because it rains all the time i like being out in like the the boonies in the south yeah it's great and like i always say southerners the friendliest racist you'll ever meet yeah exactly friendly people very friendly people okay joe like you want another dollop of whipped cream on your pecan pie you're like i would they're like great don't give any to the black fella You're like, whoa, <laughs> don't give any to the colored fella. I, I always, I always, to me, this, this is how I sum up the Southern racist. I always say this story when I was doing, and I know I've said it on this show before. I was doing a comedy show at a fraternity at University of Georgia in Athens, which, which is a lovely, lovely college town. And I'll never forget, USC was at the time was number one in the country. This was 2008, and they were playing a Thursday night game, I believe, at Oregon State. And... The fraternity kids could not have been nicer uh, during the show, before the show, after the show. But I'll never forget before the show as we were all watching that game, the amount of racial slurs. I was just like, dear God, guys, you're watching a football game. And then they'd be like, oh, would you like another drink, sir? And I'm like, what, what is happening here? How could you be so polite and so racist at the same time? Well, Joe, uh, we got a lot of football to talk. As always, yeah, I know. NFL season, uh, I was just saying to you, and I tweeted this yesterday, I, I know it's only four weeks out of 17 weeks, but this for me has been one of the most enjoyable seasons so far. You know, take away the, the BS penalties and some of the awful roughing, roughing the passer. I don't want to, you know, ignore that. But minus that, the actual games, the competitiveness, the last-minute drives, the overtimes, it, it's been a great season 
quarter of the way through so far. I agree. I mean, last year we sort of complained about it was a pretty boring NFL season, right? Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. I mean, the overtimes, uh, certainly, it, it, it seems like there is it, – there's a lot of parity, obviously. Yes. I mean, we've, we've, got, we've got an undefeated Rams team. We've got an undefeated Chiefs team. That's it, right? That's it. That's what's that to me is the telling stat of the parody. There's only two yeah. teams, and one might lose tonight to the Broncos, the Chiefs. It's like th- I mean, might yeah, sure, but I, I'm just saying you have only two undefeated teams through the first four games. Like I, I don't remember it being like that. In, in reason, I could be wrong, but I don't remember that. Yeah, I'm actually surprised there's not three. So so thought those Dolphins were for real. Ah, the Miami Dolphins. Well, we can start there if you want. Uh, I watched I watched the first half. In fact, that game turned into such a blowout. It was the main national game here, too, on cable. And, and they, they changed it. They they then went to the uh, the Bengals-Falcons uh, game, which was a great game. But, yeah, come on. Did, did, did we not all see this coming? Did anybody who's watched the Patriots, who's watched the Dolphins over there, did anybody really think that they were going to go into Foxborough and win? Vegas must have gotten killed on that game because if there's anything I know, everybody I spoke to thought for sure this was the Patriots coming out week. They were going to win. They were going to blow them out. Also, anybody that did bet on the Dolphins probably didn't pay Vegas. So, Oh, shots fired to Mac. Do you think Mac still listens to the show? I don't know. Him and Poop Sock should start a fucking welching podcast. What's the deal? I, I saw the, now you and Poop Sock, now it's gone into the DMs of Dirty Sports. So obviously that would, that's it's your jurisdiction as far as you dealing with him. So I saw a lot of back and forth. What is the current status of your bet? Well, the, 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 current, the, the honest current status, this is the saddest part about it. The honest current status is that no one has won or lost this bet yet for real because – as anybody would do on a bet like this, there was an injury. There was an injury clause in the bet. The injury clause was, you know, if Tyrod Taylor loses his starting job to injury, like say it's, you know, if he starts week nine through week nine and then he gets he blows an ACL, obviously he was the starter the entire time. Now, so far he was not in the game this last week, right? He was not active. And so Baker Mayfield started in his place. Now, if come if he comes back and he starts next week, then we continue. Like, then no one has won this bet yet. The problem is every single person alive knows that Baker has actually taken the starting job from Tyrod Taylor, except for he who shall not be named, who's trying to pretend like he had some injury like if at any point during the entire season Tyrod Taylor missed a single snap, that that was the bet. It's like saying Drew Drew Bledsoe's still the fucking starter of the Patriots. It's ludicrous. So there's the problem. Therein lies the problem right there. I guess uh... I'm gonna what I'm what I'm planning on doing, and we won't do it today because uh, I'm out of town. But I'm gonna have a legal expert. I'm gonna get a lawyer on the phone, and we're gonna talk about it. And we're gonna find out if he's just if if he's just another welching scumbag or if he's prepared to pay. But right now, Tyra Taylor wasn't active this week, so no one has won 
the bet. Currently, Poopstock is winning the bet. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. If he was active, the Cleveland Browns do not put up 42 points on the road in Oakland. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, because Tyrod Taylor stinks. He, he, he's hot garbage. I did watch a lot of that game. I was mostly... Everybody, including Hugh Jackson, knows this at this point. Yes. Everybody but he who shall not be named knows that at I, this point. I was flipping between that and, and your Giants-Saints game. Now, I... I was very curious to see how Baker did on his first start. And I thought overall he played pretty well. Um, you know, the one pick was a drop. by the, His first pick six was a drop by the receiver. I thought he played pretty well. Th- this is just like a Browns game to lose. Now, I know the the challenge, I don't know if you saw that, was kind of bullshit where, where they, they adjusted the spot, which then completely affected the end of the game. And, and, and I'll give the Browns that and the Browns fans that. However, Prano... I know all the Browns fans are whining, and maybe deservingly so, but you still let Derek Carr and the Raiders not only drive down to tie it up, also a two-point conversion. So, you know, at some point, whether the refs are are not helping your cause, your defense, which has played well up until this game, gave up 45 points to kind of a a hopeless Raiders team. So you got to take the blame, Browns and Browns fans. Completely agree. And honestly, here's the thing. The Browns aren't that good. They're not winning five fucking games. They're not winning fucking – their over-under was five and a half. I said pound the shit out of the under. Are they better with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback? Yes, they are. Are they good? No, they're not. They're not good. But their, here- coach is, their coach is still a boob. They're still young. They have a lot of talent, and they have a lot of fucking holes. Well, the thing is they do have a lot of talent, and – in five games, they've been in all five games. Like, I, I don't want to play the what-if game, but the Browns could easily – I'm sorry, four games. The Browns could easily have won all four games. They just – I think this is where coaching g- – good teams, you're right. Good teams and well-coached and executed teams do not lose that game, plain and simple. And Hugh Jackson's plain not a good coach. Simple. Plain and simple. Exactly. That's what it is. Uh, so I, I just referenced the, the Giants game, which was going on at the same time. Dude, what is happening with your offense? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, the, the Giants yesterday looked like the Bears that we've been talking about the last couple weeks. They come out on the first drive, and they've got, I don't know if they scripted their you know, first 15 or whatever, but they march down, they score a touchdown, it looks easy. Their defense is playing great. They're, they're you know, they have a couple of uh, bad situations. Like, they had, a, they had a terrible screen pass fumble that got returned almost all the way back. But they end up, the defense plays good enough where they, in the first half, I believe it was 12-7. But after Correct. that, but after that first drive, the offense just disappeared. I said it on my Twitter and I've said it on this show, and I know that like some people are like, Eli Manning, remember that year he threw 25 picks? I miss reckless Eli. It's like asking Brett Favre to be a fucking ball control quarterback. Like, I don't want Alex Smith as my quarterback. I don't want fucking Tyrod Taylor as my quarterback. I don't want Case Keenum as my quarterback. Stop coaching the New York Giants – like they're the fucking 2017 Vikings where your defense is outstanding and your your offense is just like, oh, play mistake-free Case Keenum. It's like that's not what Eli Manning does. This check-down, play-it-safe offense, they 
I don't even care about like the throwing the ball downfield thing isn't even something that you have to do to win. You just have to do it occasionally to keep people honest. And this this fucking I really feel like Eli Manning for the first time in his career I've seen this season is second guessing his instincts out there. There's nothing in the world that says your instinct should be to like get out of a tackle and turn your head completely sideways and close your eyes and huck a ball downfield to triple cover David Tyree. That's not what like you're that's not what you should do. But that's just what his gut tells him to do. And what the problem with the Giants offense is right now it's very it's not even very vanilla. It's just very safe. It's like don't turn the ball over and like God I want him to turn the ball over. Please, like, turn the ball over. Throw the ball downfield. Who cares? Take a fucking shot. Well, to me, the telling stat, if you look at the Giants right now, it all boils down to Odell Beckham Jr. If I, if I said through four games, a quarter of the season, he only has 31 catches and zero touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr. has zero touchdowns through a quarter of their but, season. That's a problem. But, but 31 catches is a lot of catches. Seven seven and a half catches a game is a record breaking pace for like a career. Like they showed the stat yesterday through fifty games, Odell Beckham has more catches than anyone ever, and he's kept that and he's been catching six and a half balls. The problem with the Giants' offense is they're throwing him two yard fucking slants every time. Well, I was, and being like, but not and only being that. like, oh, if he breaks it, great. If he doesn't break it, whatever. But also, Joe, look at his. Uh... Look at his stats. I, I, I'm just saying not stats. Look at his average yards. Odell Beckham's averaging, you know, 10.7. My, my point is, if you look at his career, if you look at Odell Beckham's career, and, and the, the 10 points, I'll pull it up right now. 10.7, let, let's see what he's averaged. Uh, but that, that's precisely my point, is they're not— Throwing the ball downfield. Yeah, they're throwing the ball to him. They're just not throwing the ball to him downfield. Yeah, because basically, if if you break down the other years, I mean, yeah, dude, look, look at these numbers. His, his rookie year, fourteen point three. The next year, fifteen point one, thirteen point five. Obviously, last, but my point is, he's got to he's got to be getting more yards at catch. I, I right. don't know. I don't know, dude. I mean, I, I mean, you watch him more than me as far as Shermer. You know, he was supposed to be the guy, but you have weapons. That's all I'm gonna say. Like the Giants have weapons. Right, and I and I honestly think that that is that there. There's two issues here, and one of them is sort of the weaponry. One, their offensive line still isn't fantastic, so Eli's got to get the ball out pretty fast. But this idea that oh, on second and long or third and long, long we have Saquon Barkley, and he's so elusive that just get Saquon Barkley the ball, and he might break it for a first down. It's great in theory. And even if he does that a third of the time, that's amazing for Saquon Barkley. A third of the time that you throw him the ball out of the backfield and he has he has to make two guys miss to get a first down, it works. Great. That's amazing. But in reality, two-thirds of the time, you're punting. So you can't just go, we're going to check down, we're going to check down. Like I hate the, oh, no one's open, let's throw it to Saquon Barkley and see if he can get us this first down. Sometimes you have to throw guys open. Sometimes you have to throw the throw the ball in the coverage. It's just the facts of life. You have to th- look at Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco throws in the coverage all the fucking time. 
He's actually having a good year, by the way. The, I know. The, 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 we'll get to the Ravens in a minute, but I, I do want to talk about the Saints for a minute, too. Another telling stat about that game yesterday to me is Drew Brees doesn't throw a touchdown pass, and they put up right. 33 points. They got they got some late scores at the yeah, end. Yeah, for sure. They, they were the Giants off. The Giants defense held them in check for the majority of the game. Yes, agreed. And then and then, and then it got ugly late. But yeah, absolutely. Well, and the thing about the Saints, I thought you know, and I was wrong. I was I was Mister Hot Take early on after they struggled the first couple weeks. The Saints are looking good now. They're three and one, especially in that division with how some of the other teams are playing. I I, yeah. re, I like the Saints' chances, especially if their defense continues to improve and play well. I, I really like the Saints moving forward um, because a team like the Falcons, I really want to talk. I watched a lot of this game. The Falcons have zero defense, Prano, none. And, and, right. I, and I get it. They've been decimated by injuries early. But, dude, I saw a stat. The Bengals drove down and scored touchdowns on their first four possessions. And the stat they showed was Cincinnati has not scored touchdowns on four straight possessions to start a game since 1991. We're talking the Boomer Assizen era. Like, and, and then at the end of the game, again, you know, A.J. Green was pretty open in that back corner for that game-winning touchdown. And, dude, they're the, the, the Falcons are killing it on offense. They're playing zero defense. Just They're the not. first. I think. I think the stat they said at the end of yesterday's game was the first team in NFL history since like the 1964 Giants or something like that to lose back-to-back games where they scored 35 or 36 or whatever the stat was, 37 points. Yeah, you're so, right. I saw that too. Yeah. So, and I mean, Dan Quinn was a defense guy, like you said. I know they've been injury. There's been injuries, but you know that injuries are part of the NFL. Like sure. the injury thing is, you know, you can say like guys are injured and if you're losing, you lose your quarterback. That's one thing you lose, like, you know, your star wide receiver. That's something. But like, you know, you lose Luke Keekley. but even like the J.J. Watt types, like you lose J.J. Watt, you just got to survive. You just got to like scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, God, this is offensively. They're they're killing it, but you gotta hold teams in check. You you gotta keep teams to few. To me, you know what always boils down for these teams, and that's why the Giants, to go back to them real quick, stayed in that game yesterday because they kept holding the Saints. You gotta hold teams to field goals. You can't give up touchdowns. You gotta bend Absolutely. but don't break. Absolutely. That's that was that's a New York Giants like when the New York Giants are have been good in the past. Even what like again. We talk about the, those defenses of those Super Bowl teams. Everybody's like, the Giants, fucking defense. It's like, you got to remember, the Giants were middle-of-the-pack defense the whole year, but that's why they were middle-of-the-pack defense because they would let teams go down the field, but they'd hold them to field goals. Now, they they get you know half as many points and they get a bunch of yards, but in the end, as long as you can outpace them, you can win games. Right now, this, the Falcons are giving up touchdowns. Yes, Exactly. What do we make of the Bengals now? I, I, they got into it. It was a pretty interesting discussion. You, you know me. I love, uh, I, I love NFL Network, uh, NFL Prime. With now they've added. It's even. It's even better. It's out of control. They've added Shannon Sharp to uh, Deion Sanders and Ladanian Tomlinson, and, and I love that crew. I love watching them. And they got in a huge uh, argument about about the Bengals being three and one, and are they, you know, contenders, pretenders? I, look, they've scored the most points. 
in the AFC after four games. So they they are putting up points. They they have pieces, man. It's not it's not just AJ Green anymore. They have pieces, and they've done this with Mixon being out the last two games. But I think that division right now, I, I'm leaning towards the Ravens, especially how they played again last night uh, in Pittsburgh. I I said I was sneaky a Ravens fan from the beginning. It's like the Ravens. I, I think that Harbaugh is a great coach. Um, I've always, I, I'm not like a Joe Flacco slurper by any means, but people have, people have done to Flacco what people have done to Eli over the years. It's like, Oh, so fucking trash. Like Flacco trash. Like get, get his replacement. It's like how steady and like, you know, just like consistent does a guy have to be over the course of his career? Yeah. Does he sometimes throw a bunch of fucking interceptions again to me? I'm okay with that. I'm fucking fine with it. But like day in and day out, Joe Flacco is going to be Joe Flacco. You know exactly what you're going to get. They have nice little weapons on offense. I like the Ravens. They're well coached. They're veteran. Their defense is the best in football so far. I've been on the Ravens bandwagon before the fucking bandwagon left the station. They, You know what? Eli and Flacco are pretty similar as far as kind of numbers. They've had some obviously hot playoff runs. Not much emotion. Very, very steady guys. You know what Flacco is? Flacco's like that. He's like that good, reliable girlfriend or wife you have. Like she, yeah. she might not be the hottest, but she's gonna, she's gonna cook for you. She's gonna give you that back massage when you come home. She, she's gonna not cause drama. She's not gonna cheat on you. She's not gonna be a drunken mess. Like Flacco, Flacco's the good girlfriend or the good wife. Uh- Dude, a seven and a half that cooks you dinner and blows you is better than a ten that you have to fucking carry home drunk from the club every day of the week. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I mean, Joe. Yeah, that, it's actually so true. I mean, let's not forget when he got that huge contract. Remember, he went to McDonald's, got a twenty-piece chicken McNugget, and like TMZ yeah. followed him. <laughs> but but again, like yeah, and and like we've talked a lot about quarterbacks and contracts and and. You know, we referenced the ESPN article last episode uh, that Tuck and I were talking about basically the same thing before that. At was Tuck mentioned, um, but like the new me- the new strategy of like have a low paying quarterback that you can fill the rest of your roster out with like stars is great. But now you look at guys like Eli and Flacco and Brady; they're not top five paid quarterbacks anyway so like at this point you're getting yourself a fucking deal that you're getting flacco for significantly less money than the vikings are paying kirk cousins yeah you're getting a goddamn steal and one thing i like that both the ravens and the saints did which is kind of new these teams bringing in these these two quarterback not like it's not a two quarterback it's not splitting time but for these certain packages I really yeah. enjoyed seeing what the Saints were doing, and, and the Ravens did the same thing last night against the Steelers. I like it. Bringing these guys for five to six plays a game, keep the defense on their heels. I, I think it's a great move, and I like how they're using uh, Lamar Jackson a lot in Baltimore. I do, too. And it's, I mean, shout out to Jim Harbaugh, who started this with Kaepernick. That's true. That's true. You, when, you, they were using Kaepernick like this under behind Alex Smith until Alex Smith got hurt, and then he never got the job back. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about Pittsburgh because now you have a team that's won one game. Some somewhere he who shouldn't lap be named still thinks Alex Smith is the quarterback of the 49ers. <laughs> Shots fired. So the Steelers have now just won a single game. They've won one game. 
Le'Veon Bell still not showing up. I mean, this whole thing is just... I don't think it's... I'm surprised, I'll be honest. I'll be the first one to say I thought they wouldn't miss a beat without him. I think it's showing now. And I think, basically, I think they got to get this shit figured out. The the Steelers have done this uh, with Le'Veon Bell in the past. They've done this. Like there, there's always a time when this happens with the Steelers with one player or another. And what they do is they're they're able to scheme around it for a game or two. But then when you get tape on guys and you get tape on how they're running an offense without a Le'Veon Bell, then it gets a whole lot more difficult. I mean, I I don't think Le'Veon Bell is the reason that they ended up tying the Browns in Week One while. Ben Roethlisberger t- turns over the ball five times and James Conner has 200 yards from scrimmage. You know what I mean? Like that's not on Le'Veon Bell, but as the season goes on and they go, Oh, he, he had 200 yards from scrimmage. Here's how we attack him. And then you don't have your starting running back who also catches the ball out of the backfield. It definitely is going to take a toll. The thing is, is that no one's going to budge. And I think it's a game of chicken toward that deadline in the year where he then is not, eligible to play the rest of the year anyway but let's play this out you know I was thinking long and hard while I was watching this game last night about this let's play this out just from Le'Veon Bell's perspective he's a running back in the NFL who's not playing I'm just thinking long term for him and for his agent's sake how does this help him because the longer he doesn't play all that rust and all you do you know what I'm saying like the game moves at such a fast pace and, and new backs come out of nowhere and it's a constantly evolving sport that I just feel like everyone's losing in this situation him the Steelers his agent do you know what I'm saying I mean I don't think he's losing if he ends up getting the money that he wanted to get because he's not running backs aren't gonna play to he's not gonna play till like he's an age where running backs age out age, like for running backs. It's basically a mileage game. So right now he's just not getting those wear on his tires. You know what I mean? He's not getting those miles aware. So like in, in a way he's sort of saving himself. It's not like he was going to play till he was 35. Anyway, that's just not how running backs are. Sure. So in a way he's kind of saving himself, but my problem with the Le'Veon Bell situation. And again, I'm, I think the NFL is, you know, NFL owners are basically slave owners. Like they refuse to guarantee these guys contracts. They don't fucking take care of them when they get hurt. They use them until they're done with them. And then they throw them out. Look what happened to fucking Earl Thomas yesterday. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, we talked about that like the guy the guy went out there and fucking put it out there and then he gets hurt and now he's flipping off his fucking team because he was thinking about retiring already now he's hurt and can't get his money it's like i'm on Le'Veon bell's side for hold out until you get your money my problem with the Le'Veon bell situation is they offered him a shitload of money yeah they weren't they, they didn't kirk cousins him they weren't like we're just gonna franchise you every year and only pay you 13 like they offered him a lot of money they offered him like three years at fifteen million or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, or or four years of it. Like they offered him a ton of money. I think what they offered him was similar, right? Uh, and I don't know the exact numbers, like you. It was similar to what Gurley Gurley got. I think sixty million for four years. Yeah. So I would assume it was similar, and they're similar back, so that makes sense. It's just, but but here's the thing, man. This isn't, you know how the NBA, which is very popular, Prano, they'll do the trade for like a rental for a year. 
see what the guy does, and then he goes into free agency. No team, yeah. no team at this point, we're four games in, no team is going to take a chance on Le'Veon Bell as a rental. You know, I'm just try- or I'm trying to think in my head, can you think of any teams that you, you, th- you think, hey, they could be Super Bowl contenders. They just need that final piece, and they're going to go all in and not care if they about re-signing them. I can't think of a team. Maybe, I don't know, uh... A Packers, or, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just tossing out a team off the top of my head. Where if you add this top three running back, it might push you over the top. I mean, does he help the Eagles defend? You know, Ajayi's been hurt. Uh, they had Blunt last year. Um, it's maybe when Ajayi comes back or like when he's able to play a little bit more consistently, he kind of has the Blunt role and. Le'Veon Bell has more of like the every down back roll. I mean, the Packers for sure, but the Pack, I mean, God damn it. The Packers are just such a fucking disaster in f- terms of coaching in front of office that they're not even, I don't even think that they're thinking about it because that's how fucking dumb they are. But um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I don't, I don't really know. Well, my, my thing is at this point, again, you're four games at this the Chiefs don't need them. The Rams don't need them. That's what I'm saying. You know, the fucking uh, the the I, again. What team does he help? That's that's the, that's the, what I'm the trying Vikings, to say. The Vikings don't need them. So he'd help, he'd help the Vikings, but they don't so need them. So that's what I'm saying. At this point, the longer this goes on, the longer I I think at this point, unless something happens and something could happen, I don't think he plays all year. Right. You're four games because, in. Be, because soon, not that not that at one and two and one, that the Steelers are by any means out of it, but they they're three weeks from being out of it. Agreed. Right. If if things break wrong for three weeks, if they're two and four and one, it's pretty close. Yeah, because especially I I think at this point, I'd be shot. Let me put it this way: in that division. I'd be shocked. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Baltimore and Cincinnati each win nine to ten games. I'm going to say it. I, I, I think I think that's what's going to happen in that division. And Cleveland, you say what you want about Cleveland, but Cleveland's in games. Cleveland already tied them in Pittsburgh. So, right. you, you know, you you tied Cleveland. You you lost, and th- and that was at home. You lost at home to the Ravens. So now you still have four more divisional games. I think you're right. I think I think Pittsburgh has to win two of their next three. Uh, I, I don't know what their schedule is, but I'll, I'll be really curious to see what plays out. I, I'm just bummed personally, Prano, that I did not get to see the explosive offense of the Rams in person on Thursday Night Football. I was all set to go. I had I was looking. I was waiting for a last minute decision on SeatGeek to use. The amazing promo code that we have that gives you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Dirtballs, I love SeatGeek because it's not only good for sports, but concerts, music festivals, you name it. Prano, SeatGeek, right? Are you, you probably should be checking it. What's going on in South Carolina? There might be some sort of music thing you can go to. Hop on SeatGeek. Yeah, dude. I wish there was anything to do. I'm so secluded where I am. It's kind of lovely. But if I wasn't, the, if I was if I was in Savannah or if I was in Savannah, the only answer is what's happening in this random town that I'm in, 
SeatGeek. That's right, guys. Dirtballs, you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Okay, so we, we do got to talk about that Thursday night game because um, I have some uh, opinions on both the Rams and the Vikings. The Rams at this point, you know, I, I could see a 14-win team this year. They're, they're, Agreed. They're fucking good. And even on a game like that where they give up points – and they gave up a lot of points, and, and Cousins played well. They'll make plays when they have to, like Aaron Donald did, and, and once they get a fully healthy team. This is, this is a, God, they're a fun team to watch. And Sean McVay, either, either Sean McVay is that good, or maybe, maybe, I don't know, is Sean McVay that good, or was Jeff Fisher that bad? Because Jared Goff went from, you're thinking he's a for sure number one draft pick bust, to... Goff looks pretty good under uh, McVay's system. I'll tell you that much. I, I, I think I think both are correct. I think that Sean McVay is that good, and Jeff Fisher was that bad. So that's why he's doubly, he's like doubly good. You, you know would, what I mean? Like you're like he was he was so he was so bad under Fisher, and he's so good. It, like he, Jared Goff is neither of those players. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I gotcha. Jared Goff is somewhere in between. Well, here's an Andy Ruther predicts. The LA Rams will finish with three receivers of 1,000 yards. Okay, I like it. I, I think they're that good, and I think what I like about McVay and what he's basically doing with Goff is they're really spreading the ball around. You, hear it, you heard it here first. Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods will all finish with 1,000 receiving yards. And I don't, I don't know. Like, when's the last team to do that? Or I, that's that's got to be. I, I Has that happened? That's a good question. I don't I mean, even. I, I don't. I, I, don't I, I have no idea who who it could have been. I don't know if it's happened, but like the the, the only thing I can like you don't even I can't even think of the third name in like Bruce Holt and who Ricky Prohl. Not a thousand yard receiver, right? I don't know. This is a good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look it up after the show. If a team ever had three people, or did somebody have like a good tight end too? Yeah, that, that's a possibility, I guess. But dude, they're clicking. They look great. They're fun to watch. I love the play calling. And then it's like, like I said, it's, it's pick your poison when you're facing them. Um, and then on the other they're, end. They're, they're so good because like we're talking about the three th- thousand yard receivers but it's all off of girly it's all off of play action it's all off of scheme it's all off of like getting cooper cup on a linebacker it's all off of like it's just goff has looked fantastic but goff hasn't made like us has goff made like five tough throws this year like five like really like holy shit that what a dime you know what I mean? He had a couple against the Vikings, dude. He had that one in the back corner of the end zone for Cup. That was a dime. He had a couple. I'll say I remember he had two or three dimes that last game. But I also agree with you. He's had a dude. They have a good O line too. He's had a lot of time to just sit back there, and like you said, with schemes, pick apart defenses and the mismatches. That that's where McVeigh's a genius, like you said. I mean I agree. That, and and even the even the dimes, it's like such a low risk thing. It's like, hey, we're gonna get this guy 
alone in space on one guy. Throw it to the back corner. If it's a fucking dime, it's a dime. If it's not, oh, well, second down. On the other end, though, if you're a Vikings fan, you know, Mike Zimmer, known for your defense, you got to be worried. Dude, the Buffalo Bills ran you at home and then went right back to being the Buffalo Bills by scoring zero points. To me, that's yep. the, that's the telling stat on the defense this year. Now, if the Rams put up a bunch of points, it's the Rams. But, dude, the Vikings, uh, I don't know, man. I know it's four games. They're not looking too good, though. They got to really, they got to get it together. The, I look. The I think the Vikings are a, an exceptionally talented team. But I have not been on the Vikings from day one this year. Like I, I had the Green Bay Packers, not, not necessarily winning the division, but going further than the Vikings. And now you add Mac, it, that that mixes up the NFC North. I'm just not Team Vikings. I, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. When you talk about the Vikings from last year, again, the way that they were played with Case Keenum is like, oh. But hey, Case Keenum, play mistake-free and just, like, don't fuck up. Kirk Cousins isn't going to be that guy for you. I know he played pretty well last game, but, like, in the end, he had a clean pocket, and he got stripped, and that game was over. Like, there was plenty of room for him to step up, plenty of room for him to move, and somebody took that game out of his hands. Yeah, well, for sure for them to get better, the, the D has to step it up, and you just talked about the Bears – that defense, holy shit. And, and I don't know. I guess I didn't follow them enough last year. I didn't. Like, does, does Khalil Mack, were they good and they, then they added Khalil Mack? Or does he, yeah. just, does he just make them that much better? He is I mean, so no. good. Yes, but both. Again, both. They were good last year defensively. Like, they weren't an they weren't a god-awful team last year uh, as, like, overall. And... Trubisky was awful at times last year. He didn't stay, like they didn't they was it Mike Lennon? Is that the fucking team that gave Mike Lennon some stupid amount of money last year? Yep. Like like By the way, quick it, fact about Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon is now the backup in Arizona and I don't know if you saw this. Sam Bradford is the third string quarterback now. I know and rest in peace Sam Bradford's career. Thank God somebody finally put a stake in that vampire's heart. Well, Sam Bradford Fuck him because he's the one laughing at all this. He made I saw a stat yesterday. Sam Bradford in his NFL career has made one hundred and twenty nine million. Yeah. Hey man, people are stupid. <laughs> well, there's some there's some stupid people out there. Well, the Bears look. I I watched because you know I had I had to see what was you, happening. You with know what they, you know you know how we always talk about the eye test. Yes. Here's a good eye test. If your quarterback's eyes are crossed, he shouldn't start for you. <laughs> if your quarterback cannot put on a sufficiently sized jersey or know how to put on the chin strap, he will not be a franchise quarterback. If your quarterback can't pass an eye test, he can't be your quarterback. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me of the time. Did I ever tell you this time in high school? We, <laughs> my, my buddy was cross-eyed, and we got pulled over. And there was beer in – he had his parents' minivan. There was a bunch of us. He had beer in the minivan. And so, of course, the cops are like, we got to do, do a DUI test. And uh, they, weren't, they weren't doing a breathalyzer. 
but they were doing you know the field sobriety test. Yeah, and, and he passed the walking fine, and the, and you know they do the eyes one, and I'll never forget. The officer says to the other officer, he goes, "I don't know what's going on, man." He passed the walking. He's like in his eyes, they're cross-eyed, so technically. I don't know which way he's looking, so we can't. Like, he got out of a DUI because he had cross eyes. Yeah. Well, he should play Sam, for Sam, the uh, for Sam, the NFL. Sam Brad, yeah, Sam Bradford got out of the NFL at this point because he's cross eyed. Because what the like, God, how many teams like the like the Cardinals? This was your guys's plan. Well, it didn't last Sam long, Bradford. and yeah. obviously, I was flipping a little bit between that game. They, they didn't look. They're, they're they just suck. Like Rosen wasn't doing much. That was not. I don't. I was like, why am I even putting this on? This is for my love of Russell Wilson to see what he's doing. And that whole game was just. That was the AIDS game of the week. It was a terrible yeah. game to watch. It wasn't fun. But I want to circle back to the Bears. We all kind of tossed some shade. Our boy Brady Matthews, you know, being a Chicago guy, we all talked about Mitchell Trubisky. He took that dirty sports reverse bump and threw six touchdown passes. Uh, so that's the only game I didn't get to watch any of. Um, I didn't. I didn't see a second of. I saw the highlights like while other games were on. Um, I didn't get to watch any of that one. But uh, look, the 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 question becomes: Did they script the whole game? <laughs> like, I don't know. But he like, looked sharp. He looked crisp. The whole offense, I, I was like, what is happening here? I mean, they, they were up, you know, in that game, Prano, they they had 38 points at halftime. Yeah, I mean, that was that was one of those just full, you could tell from the way it was going, like, it, it's a full momentum game. And maybe it's what they needed as a team to turn the corner. It's like, you, you go down and you get a score to start the game, like they have in so many games already. They, they, they script those first 15, they go down there, they get a touchdown, the Basically, the complete opposite of the Giants game. Then they just kept on it, and they kept that good momentum going. And the defense, that defense is so good with Khalil Mack that it's like they're not going to let your offensive rhythm break by having the other team have long drives. They're not going to do it. Their defense is so good, so explosive. Khalil Mack's such a play baker. They're they're just like a walking takeaway. They're like ready to fucking they, – they'll take balls – They'll, they'll pick them off. They'll strip sack you. They'll force fumbles. Like, their defense is really, 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 really good. If Trubisky, he doesn't have to have a six-touchdown game, but if he plays exactly. consistent, if Mitchell Trubisky plays consistent, I will say this right now. The Chicago Bears are a contender to make the Super Bowl because the defense is that good. I did watch that game. I don't care who's playing quarterback out there, whether it's your boy Fitz or... Black Bobby Boucher, Jameis Winston, those guys didn't have time to throw the ball. Khalil Max, it's just, dude, they're everywhere. And yeah, and I, I really do think they have a chance if Trubisky just kind of plays at a steady level. I like them better than any team in that division. Uh, I mean, look, that's that's it's a big leap because. We're now we're now one week of Mitchell Trubisky playing like above average that's, quarterback. That's why I said if that that's right. my one caveat. I'm gonna put a big asterisk if he plays again. He doesn't have to play like he did yesterday. Just a steady, don't fuck up. Play with the great defense that you have. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I think the thing with Trubisky is 
they need him to be more than a safety guy. They need him to be more again than like the check down guy. He needs to he needs to sustain drives. He needs to be able to put points on the board and because they're going to keep them off the board. But like you can only keep a team off the board for so much. Basically, he needs to be Again, half of what he was yesterday. If Mitchell Trubisky can average two and a half, you know, two touchdowns a game, even like two touch, two and two fifty, like they're going to be fine. Yeah. But that's a again, that's a huge if, sure. especially when you're talking about teams like the Rams, who they'll attack your defense with a variety of weapons and a scheme. They're going to put points on the board. Like Trubisky, you know, we're, if we're talking about going to be Super Bowl contenders. Well, again, yeah, it all it all comes down to him playing steady and, and the defense. We do got to talk about your boy. Is Fitz magic? Is that over? Is it, are we done with this? Well, to me, and again, I didn't watch any of this game, but based on the the way the highlights I saw and just the way it was, it seems like he was. I don't know what Dirk Cutter's thinking was. But it seems like he was benched because they were getting blown out. Like, it's almost like... Well, he was. I, I, I think he was just giving Jameis reps. I don't think... That that wasn't Jameis relieving him. They're down five touchdowns. Right. Exactly. So, and then Jameis went in there and threw two picks. The, like, that becomes... To me, and I'm, I'm saying this not as a Fitzpatrick defender forever, or a Jameis Winston hater. I'm saying this from just like a football standpoint, based on what they were able to do in their first three games, including the loss to Pittsburgh before that, that team came out and got pissed on on both sides of the ball yesterday. Their defense did just as bad as their offense, if not worse. Yeah. So, I, so, I, for sure, you're not you're not going to put yesterday's loss on uh, any any quarterback. That right. They so just, my point is, but but I'm saying this from just a, just a standpoint of like a person who watches football Ball, watched the first three games, saw the highlights and the score of this game. I don't know why you would go to Jameis now. Well, I don't think you do it just yet. That's for sure. Right. And I think that's the whole that's the whole thing. Jameis Winston is still by the way, I hate Jameis Winston. I think he's overrated as a quarterback. I think he's a fucking giant bag of tools. And I would not want that guy as my quarterback based on just even the hard knocks alone. Don't want him. He's still the number one overall pick. You still, you still bought into this. So you kind of look like assholes. But my point is, even with that considered, I don't play him next week. But at some point, depending on your record, you have to throw him in there because you have to be like, are we moving on from this guy? Is he a guy of the future? Whatever. Dude, I, I think a lot of this comes back to uh, – I'm telling you, man, these guys from these big schools, they really – like I'm not saying quarterbacks from a big college aren't good or aren't productive. You know this is my theory. This I, so is that's, my- that's what I'm saying. I'm, bringing, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some love here, Brent. I'm bringing it back to your theory. Dude, if you look at the NFL – and again, someone could say, oh, Tom Brady, Michigan – or. He's basically barely started there. You know what? My point is, a guy who puts up insane. That's why, to me, Baker Mayfield is going to be so interesting because 
He went to a big-time college football program. He put up the big-time numbers. He won the Heisman. But again, do, do these guys actually make it to Super Bowls, win Super Bowls? It's very few and far between. It really is. I just think that a lot of times those guys who come from, to me it's always dominant programs, resiliency and like being able to overcome getting knocked down and being able to like overcome up an early pick being able to, you you that's just something you don't face when you're the quarterback at SC during the run it's something that you know Ken Dorsey like didn't ever get sacked ever ever like Joe Flacco went to Delaware Aaron Rodgers went to Cal Eli Manning was at that old like an SEC doormat school like Big Ben went to Miami, Ohio. Yeah. Wentz went to South Dakota State. I mean, we're seeing all these guys who, you know, are playing well. It it just, yeah, I I do think something can be said for that theory, for sure. But But also Baker Mayfield was undersized in college and he transferred he couldn't start at texas tech so you know maybe he does have that true no we'll see true that is a good point about him i will be curious to see how he plays out i did i did catch a not a fair amount but i was flipping of course at the end watching the eagles titans eagles man they blew out when they went up 17 to 3 i thought okay this game's over and yep. I, Mike Vrabel, I don't know if you were watching it, but I was watching it live. I have to give so much love to him. The balls on this guy, Prano. Fourth and two, It's I think there's like a, maybe a minute 19 left in overtime. They can easily kick a, you know, a chip shot to tie and basically tie the game. Vrabel says, fuck that. I'm not no bitch. And he goes for it, and they end up winning. And I think that really... Talk about setting a tone for a season and your coach having confidence in you. I, I thought that was, to me, the best coaching move all weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely, it, which is hilarious because it happened from an AFC South coach. Meanwhile, uh, Frank Reich and Bill O'Brien were throwing shit at each other in another game, like fucking <laughs> like two monkeys at the zoo, like pooping in their own hands and throwing it across the field. Um <laughs> My, yeah, it was it was incredible. Like it, there's so much to it, and I don't know how much he factored into this decision. But like, they were two and one, right? They're three and one now. Correct. They were two and one, so it's like the difference between two one and one, or like if they lose two and two, or two and or three and one. But you also beat the champs. You beat like you beat them at that was in Tennessee, wasn't it? Correct. Like, you beat them, big home game, like, so many, like, basically it's a win-win-win situation. Like, you're not going to, you're, yeah, I mean, sure, you're going to lose, but, like, you're still 2-2 two and two and went for it and said, fuck it, we're going for it. We're going to try to take down the champs. Yeah. And, and, you, and you say, you know what, we could have tied them. We could have. You can say that in the game after the, uh, you can say that in the locker room after the game. We could have tied the champs. But we went fucking win for it, and we're going to do that all year. So it's kind of a, like I said, a win-win situation. And especially for a first-year head coach. Yeah. I love it. I, I was like that. It's not setting the tone for the season. It's setting the tone for your tenure. It really is. 
and I loved it. And that was a great game, and I missed that game as far as our picks. I thought I thought the Eagles w- would look a lot better. They're you know they, they got kind of that that Super Bowl hangover that you see sometimes from the winning team, and and I think they'll be fine. I still think the Eagles win, you know, ten eleven games. Um, but I just I do obviously I don't foresee, I just don't foresee a twelve or thirteen win team or whatever no. they, whatever they won last year. I just, I, I th- you know, Wentz has come back from that injury, and th- and they've dealt with some injuries. But that was a fun game to watch, and and you know, your boy. I mean, I mean, a t- I mean, a four t- like a twelve win team means they go ten and two down the stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they go ten and whatever it is. So so much love and 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 shout out to your boy Alex from Kentucky. <laughs> I I bet when Vavro was going for it, he's going oh. I mean, I mean, shout out to the Mariota over Winston crowd. How about us? That's more of you. I know. I'm saying us as uh, uh, me as being a vocal member of that crowd. Mariota looked good, dude. He did look good. He looked very good. Um, I mean, he no he no doubt has those injury th- injury issues, and he he might even be like the pre poster boy for that method because I don't know if Mariota gets like they didn't sign him to like a stupid deal uh, I'm not sure on what they signed him for but I'd assume it wouldn't be too crazy because yeah. like you said it was, it was before all those big deals look man they uh that obviously three and one that's that's their division right now to lose especially with like you said the, the Colts and the Texans which I didn't really watch any of that I don't think anybody did but I was forced to watch it here. I had the game. I had the Giants game on on my laptop because the Saints Giants was actually the game on TV here. Correct. But they went. They went to Texans uh, Colts overtime before they cut to the Giants game. So I was forced to watch overtime with just the. the I mean, again, if you're still Frank Reich, at least is a is a first year head coach. Bill O'Brien, like hilarious by the way just hilarious to me are you guys still out there i'm putting up the bat signal is anybody still on the fucking bill o'brien train i've been saying this for years the guy is a goddamn boob the guy is a uh he i guarantee you if he takes his hat off he has a nipple on his head he is a boob (laughs) that guy is that guy is useless that guy is a that guy is a scarecrow with a clipboard that guy is awful well, next week, Sunday Night Football, Cowboys-Texans. I bet you can't wait for that one. Yeah. And t- talk about another shit fest. Those, those, those guys should just – it should literally be – instead of playing a football game, they should just have Bill O'Brien and Jason Garrett walk to the star in the middle of fucking Jerry Dome and slap each other in the face. First one to quit, their team loses. I was actually pretty surprised. That was my pick of the week. I was surprised the Cowboys won – and and they won at the end too. I thought the Lions were going to win that game. I did. That was the main game here, so I did have it on my TV. I was flipping back and forth with that one. Look, man, the Cowboys, whatever. They're two and two, but I do not think they're that good. I still don't think they're that good. the The Lions did a typical Lions thing yesterday. Like they find a way to lose a close game on the road that they maybe should have won. But I still, in that division, I would put my chances of the Cowboys doing anything in the NFC East very small. I agree. 
and Jason Garrett. They're just not. They're, they're just not dynamic enough. And, no. And what a, and and what a huge like, like you said, just a c- classic Lions. Also, like you get Patricia coming out beating his beating Belichick the week before, and then next week takes a dump on the field. Yeah, classic, classic. Like yesterday to me, when I look at shit franchises like the Browns or the Lions. To me, those were two classic Browns and Lions losses. Just the way they lost at the Just end. Just like it's tons of penalties. Yes. And, and you know what? That's That really is a, a, a huge indicator of a team. The discipline. Yeah. The penalties. They, Absolutely. The good teams, they don't do that shit. Not at all. Uh, and then we got to give some love. We got to give some love here to Philip Fudge and Rivers. Prano. And yesterday's win... He passed John Elway. He's now the eighth all-time in passing yards. Yeah. Yeah. Philip Rivers, I mean, Philip Rivers is great. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. That was a struggle, though. That You know, that was the main game on here. That was uh, that was a struggle for them. They almost lost to beat hard. And that kicker, yeah, I, that kicker, I, dude, that kicker on the Chargers, there's no way he's got a job, right? I don't know. Maybe they cut him today. He missed... Two extra points and a field goal, bro. That's five points right there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to watch a ton of that game, but I was like, it was really back and forth. Like there was moments where I was like, oh, bo- it's over for both teams, and then in the end, it's like a what a two point game or something. Yeah, and and I don't know who I picked last week, but I remember a dirtball did tweet at me, and he's like, Chargers ten and a half, and my response on Twitter was, don't touch that game for the Chargers. Yeah, I think I think I think you did say. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure you picked the Niners, so that spread was too big. Well, I, I just they're not that good. And dude, I, I know I bring this up every week. I have to though. There was no Chargers fans. There was none. Yeah. I, dude, I, did, 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 you, did you see the did you see the one person one person did a panoramic view tweet? This is like ten minutes uh before the game starts. That entire stadium, and the Niners aren't good, was all red. It was all 49ers fans. Yeah, and that was something I factored in. Obviously, it's never going to be Chargers fans, but I didn't think I didn't think the Niners would be a big draw in LA. But I guess I guess I was wrong, dude. I do this every week, but I have to say it. And by the, and by the way, I, I you know you said they're not that good. You were on the Chargers train. I was. They got they got they got to they they got to they got to play better. I mean, they're two and two, but that that'll be a tough division. I, I was on the Chargers train, but. Maybe I had. They're going to the Super Bowl. Philip Fudge Rivers. Maybe I had amnesia from last year, realizing that they don't have. No, they you got you got you got so Matty Goldberg was all hyped up. That was Matty. That was the Matty Goldberg hype train that you got on. Maybe it was. Their defense is really good. Philip Rivers is giving they have so many weapons. I just don't. I I, I am so curious, man. I really am so curious when that new stadium opens because, again, they're they're playing in a twenty seven thousand seat soccer stadium. What's going to happen when they're in a sixty thousand seat, sixty five thousand seat NFL stadium? Is there going to be ten thousand Chargers fans there and forty thousand Broncos fans? What's going to happen every week? I mean, I think there's a lot of things that could happen. I I wouldn't be surprised if they it, like. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't put it completely out of the realm of possibilities that they like move again. Put the put their tail between their legs and like we fucked up. We're going back to San Diego because uh, I I reiterate what I've said before. Who are Chargers fans? 
You took your fan base and you spit in their mouth and then you pissed on them. The San Diego Char- the people that are former San Diego Chargers fans fucking hate you. Yeah. Hate you. It's like the San Diego sign guy we had on the show. LA is a transplant city. A lot of people here all, f- but forget lifetime LA people and then people that are here from somewhere else. The Rams came. Not only were the Rams here first, but they'd already been here. The Rams took all your fans. The Rams didn't just take all your fans. They took all your potential fans. They took all their old fans. They took all LA fans. They took, but that's where your fans are going. Who are Chargers fans? Five people from Orange County who are like, we actually are psyched that the team we already rooted for left the city that we didn't like to go to and moved a little bit closer to us. Yeah, man, it's that is a great question. Who and you know what are the Chargers Everyone, fans? They're all fucking water skiing on Sundays, <laughs> or fucking wakeboarding, stand up paddleboarding, going, going to the yacht club for rum runners. <laughs> but, but should we should, should we head up? Should, what do you think? Should we head up to uh, the StubHub Center? Why we should have some Maya's dark rum, dark and stormies. Piss off the side of the boat. I've got a TV on the boat. We'll watch it there. I uh, I will say as well, a lot of Vikings fans too. It, it's it's going to be a battle, I think, for years. I'd say this is going to happen for the next three or four years, if not longer. F- whoever comes in to play an L.A. football team. They, I mean, Joe Buck talked about it. There was, uh, and I, again, I wasn't there. A lot of Vikings fans, though. At LA Coliseum for that Thursday night game as well. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's going to happen every week. Just like you said, there's so many transplants. But we should go. We really should go. I told you. I think I'm going to go, and I'm going to root against them. The Bengals play the Chargers. We should go. It's in December. Okay, let's do it. Because it's not like Cincinnati's a big draw. So I'll be curious right. to see that stadium when there's a, a, a team, an away team that doesn't have a big fan base. Okay, Prano, let's wrap this up. Any other games that we didn't talk about? Jets, Jags, I have nothing to say. I did not watch it down. All I heard was that Jeff Fisher was announcing the game, and they said he did one of the worst announcing jobs in the history of broadcasting. You know what's funny? That's hilarious that you say that. That game was on here. Uh, it was it was the game that was on here yesterday. I, I was out for a lot of the 1 o'clock games. Um, but then I came back and that game was on and I was like, who is calling this fucking game? <laughs> I was, I'm not, I'm not joking. I didn't know. I didn't know that that was Jeff Fisher until right now. I just knew it was really bad. There, I saw an amazing, uh, montage of, of tweets, like a collection of tweets. Somebody put together of all the anti Jeff Fisher. Cause it was like you and most of the tweets, people didn't know who it was. Apparently one of his first things he said in the game, jets go three and out. And he seriously said, Great start for Sam Darnold. That's what he needed to get his day going. <laughs> Sam Darnold has thrown a pick in every single game. Yeah, he's not he's not playing well. He's not playing well at hey, all. He was the savior after week oh, one. Oh, here you go again. Week one after beating the Lions, he was the savior. I was getting I was getting texts. This is why you get rid of Fitzpatrick. This is the kind of guy that just, Giants are really going to regret taking Barkley. You don't let things die, do you, Prano? No. Well, I certainly don't let things die four weeks after they happened. Well, again, to be determined, right? 
Of he, course. He's going to have a bad year, but we'll see how he, how he comes around in his second and third year. Okay, I guess that's basically it. We didn't really talk Packers-Bills, but again, I didn't watch any of that. What is there to say? The Bills suck. The Packers won despite having your boy, Mike McCarthy, as a coach. Yep. That's basically it. Uh, before we talk a little college and kind of get these things going, because I know you got places to be, I want to say, Prano, I hope while you're in South Carolina, you're showing all the Southerners that amazing flag and anthem gear. I know you're rocking it, right? I'm I'm rocking. I am rocking a pair of flag and anthem shorts and a flag and anthem pocket tee as we speak. I brought four flag and anthem, the super lightweight pocket tees for the South Carolina humidity, and I've been rocking it pretty much exclusively the whole time. Well, spread the word. Let them know when you meet those people. Say, look, if you want to look just as good as me, you go to flagandanthem.com, drop promo code DIRTY because you get 25% off. Guys, they have a great new fall line out. Winter clothes will be coming soon. So dirt balls, go to flagandanthem.com, make a few orders, put in that promo code DIRTY, and you get 25% off your first order. So go ahead and do that now. And also, Andy, let me, ex- go ahead. let me explain to you how that works. I currently with me have a... Gray pocket tee, a pink, pinkish red pocket tee, a blue pocket tee, and then a blue, white, and gray striped pocket tee. That's four shirts. If you were to buy these four shirts on Flag and Anthem with our 25% discount, you're basically getting one free. You're getting one of these shirts that I have with me for free. It's a great way of looking at it. And also, while you're looking fresh in your new gear, you got to keep a fresh-looking face, Dirt Balls. That's why you go and use our amazing deal with our friends, Harry's. How are you looking? I know you shaved, Prano. Is it? Are you clean-shaven now? What's the deal? I'm clean-shaven. Use that Harry's razor again. I have, I have no beard, no mustache for the first time in a while. Well, I need to shave today. I've been you know, cooped up, basically lying on the floor on my back. I look like a disgusting fool. I need to get fresh. I need to shower. I love... The shaving gel that Harry's has. I, I absolutely that's my thing. I love I love their shaving cream. Like it's you've said this before, and I we're not gonna recommend this. It's so good you almost want to eat it. It's that good. But but don't oh, do that. Yeah. Don't do that. The shave gel, so delicious. So dirt balls, you can take advantage of their great trial offer by going to Harry's.com forward slash dirty. That's a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, a weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and that travel blade cover. Dirtballs can redeem their trial set once again at harrys.com forward slash dirty. So make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show. And again, if you send screenshots, I'm continuing to do this, put in our own Dirty Sports Thus Fund money. If you send screenshots using any of these promo codes, SeatGeek, Harrys, Flag and Anthem, I send you not one, but two koozies. So take advantage of that, dirt balls. Okay, Prano, we got to talk a little college football because you and I actually, I was all cooped up. Like I said, I watched a bunch of games. Normally I'm outside on Saturday. You apparently watched, we basically watched a bunch of the same games. Yeah, uh, it was raining here, so we got we got stuck inside. I watched <clears throat> the second half of Syracuse Clemson, and I watched um, most of Notre Dame Stanford until it was you know a blowout, and then I switched over to the end of that 
Penn State Ohio State game. So I, for me, the most college football I've watched in years. And those were all minus Notre Dame blowing them out. Those are all really good, highly contested games and fun to watch. And I watched them all too. The Clemson one was pretty amazing because the third string quarterback basically comes in the the red shirt freshman Bryce and you know you know they get the win they they do what they have to do they get the win but the big thing that I want to talk about is James Franklin's fourth and five call uh during the Penn State Ohio State game no you're skipping over it well let me give a couple thoughts first of all because I've I've seen a lot of the the Clemson score the whole year it just seems like they're walking a tightrope they are seems like week week in and week out and now they and now they're they're now starter gets hurt after their original starter left. I'm I'm putting it right out there. I'm I don't think Clemson makes a playoff this year. You're out. Oh, Syracuse, Syracuse, Syracuse. Like I mean, that would have been a huge win for them, but they already upset Florida State. They were uh, Florida State. Florida State's bad. Florida State's won one game. Yeah. Right, Florida. I know Florida State's bad, but I'm saying they had like at the time. It's like. Also, like losses like that will fucking change your season. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think Syracuse is maybe okay. They might they might be ranked, but I'm gonna say. So my my point is, it doesn't mean that because it was a close game that oh Clemson. But I just think Clemson's walking a tightrope at this point. I'm putting them not in the playoff. Um, dude, Notre Dame, new quarterback, look pretty good, bro. Uh, I am on board with this new quarterback. You know, I've been critical of Notre Dame in the past, been critical of the university in itself. Dude, I watched a lot of that game too. He looked great last week. He looked great this week against, you know, top 10 team. I'm really digging the coaching or the uh, the quarterback change that, uh, that Brian Kelly made. And obviously not an easy game for them next week. Virginia Tech is like, Ranked or unranked, never an easy game. Um, and then they have Syracuse on the schedule because they're playing an ACC schedule these days. So they have Syracuse, but other than that, they don't have a ranked. They don't have a single ranked opponent on their schedule for the rest of the year, unless Syracuse is ranked now. Well, you are right. I mean, uh, what's it called? They Virginia Tech is ranked currently. They're twenty fourth. So basically, that's what Kirk Herbstreit was saying. The rest of the year. They have Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Navy, Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse, and USC. So they're going to be favorite. Notre Dame will be favorite in every game the rest of the year. Yeah, now, not necessarily a good position. I mean, again, like, I like to always say, like, historically, obviously it's a million years and a million different players and a million different coaches removed, but Notre Dame does have some beat the best team in the land and then lose the next week to somebody fucking off. Like, I mean, you remember back in the day when it was one, two and they beat Florida state, then they lost to Boston college. It's like, historically they have done that, but it's certainly, you know, when I say Clemson won't make it a playoff position is Notre Dame's to lose. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and to be honest, all the analysts were saying, that was kind of a must win because they, they, it's not the most – because basically a lot of the teams that are normally good top 20 teams or top 15 teams like a USC, like a Florida State aren't. So the right. fact that those – you know, it's not going to help Notre Dame that much when they face these teams that are traditionally way better. It just didn't and, work out. So that was and, a must win and they won. 
Right. And also Notre Dame being an independent slash ACC team. They're not like I know everybody was like they didn't deserve to be in the national championship game when they were undefeated. But it's like when you're undefeated, it's one thing. But like they're never a team that's going to make it with a loss. Ohio State will make it with a loss. Alabama will make it with a loss. You know, teams in those big conferences. Notre Dame has to be undefeated. Well, I do. I do like their new quarterback. And I was actually I was texting. Me, me, and me, and our boy, and your boy. He introduced me, of course. Damo. We were, we were texting about that Notre Dame Navy game, and I think it's basically a done deal, right? Yeah, we're going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, but I told, I warned Damo. I go, I will be rooting for Navy. I'm gonna be that asshole. <laughs> I will be that asshole rooting for Navy. Uh, that'll I, be, that'll be, that'll be fine because Damo will be there. And- an entire Notre Dame fighting Irish uniform, including like a rocket Ishmael 25 Jersey and a gold helmet telling you to keep it. <laughs> he's going to be talking, he's going to be talking like Lou Holtz the whole game. Yeah. With his like fucking hot girlfriend or whoever he was. Andrew Rooster, listen, listen to me, Andrew Rooster. Keep it. <laughs> so I did watch, of course the Penn state Ohio state game, which was a great back and forth game. And, uh, you know, lots of lots of shit talking going on. I, I love the Ruther brothers shit talking. You know, my brother Greg wouldn't just wouldn't stop harassing my little brother who, you know, is in dental school at Ohio State. And we kept making jokes about, you know, it's it's the basically the pedophile versus the child or the domestic abuser bowl. And, and, and those jokes were yeah. those jokes were nonstop. Dude. Trace McSorley, the quarterback for Penn State, is having fantastic. Fantastic. He's having a career game, running the ball, throwing the ball. The guy's doing it all. You want the ball in his hands. They're driving. Fourth and five. They do a shotgun draw? I mean, who gives a fuck even about what? Like, I don't care if your quarterback was playing like garbage. But that, not that that was the case, but. Who's running the ball on fourth and five? After they had just called what? Two timeouts? Like they were playing a game of chess. Ohio State would call a timeout. Penn State would call a timeout. They'd be looking at the different formations. I That's one of the worst play calls I've ever seen at the end of a game in that magnitude. It's the single worst. For, I mean, you're taking the this very simple question – who runs the ball with the game fourth and five at the game line? Runs the ball at all? Who runs the ball? Now add on it that you have a quarterback that has like two hundred yards rushing because he's mobile, and just start with let's throw. If no one's open, great. Like it's not even that hard of a play call. What's the play call? We're gonna have these pass patterns. It doesn't really matter if they're open. Hit one of them. If they're not, you're running. The only single thing, this, honestly, if they had if they had gone back in punt formation, it would have at least been confusing to the other team. It's a worse play call than punting. McSorley at that point had thrown for 286 yards, rushed for 175 yards. The dude was on fire. I'm going to say this, Andy. Here's how, here's how far I'm going to take it. The fourth and five run is the worst thing that any coach in the history of Penn State has ever done. Oh! 
shots fired. Worse than cover, covering up child rape. Worse than being a child rapist. <laughs> Sandusky was a coach. It's the worst thing he's ever done. It's the worst. It's the worst decision in the history of Penn State coaching. And he knows it. And here's why James Franklin knows it. I don't know if you saw this exchange. He's leaving. I would the- rather. I'd rather my team was coached by James Franco. <laughs> I would have rather 90 minutes of my coach sawing his hand off with a fucking Swiss Army knife than to watch two hours of two and a half hours of football and have it end like that. He knows he fucked up too because when he I was- would have rather watched James Franco's seven episode run on General Hospital than watch that game and have it end like that. What other things have James Franco done? <laughs> I'd rather watch I'd rather watch James Franco in a biopic playing Jerry Sandusky than watch that game and have it end like that. I'd rather watch a James Franco Jerry Sandusky biopic where James Franco does an Eddie Murphy thing where he plays every character and he plays the kid too and James Franco rapes himself in a shower than watch 2 hours of football and then watch it end like that. I'd rather watch James Franco have a two-hour conversation with John Franco about the art of acting. <laughs> See how I tied it all together? Okay. Yeah. So when he's leaving the field, when James Franklin's – did you see this video? This is what I love. When James Franco's leaving the field and he's walking by the Penn State student section, a kid on Penn State goes – he wasn't even that mean. He's not swearing. He said, you made the wrong – something along the lines like, you made the wrong call on that one, coach. James, or J, now I want to say James Franco. James Franklin had to be held back. Did you see this? You, you should look this up. He, he, it's like he's going for the student. He's like in the first or second row in the student section. And, and the kid's saying, oh, I love you, coach. I love you, but you just made the wrong call. And, and he, again, he's not being like a total dick. He's not swearing. And the fact that he had to be held back and then pushed the other way and somebody says like, dude, what are you doing? You're the head coach. To me, right there shows he knew. He knew he fucked up, and it showed. And the fact that some 19-year-old college kid's calling you out and you're letting it get to you shows you knew you made an awful decision that ruined your season, that ruined the entire season. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I like to say this because we we have such a large audience, and some of them have come with such ridiculous and absurd hot takes like, I mean, we've had, again, I've had people actually telling me Bill Bryan's a good coach over the years. Like, oh, I want to hear it. Who, is there one single person alive out there that thinks that was a good call? If you're out there, I'd love to hear from, love to hear from you. And I don't want to play too much of a Monday morning quarterback because. Honestly, I'm not joking. This is I, I, we just did a few James Franco jokes, but I'm gonna do a not James Franco joke. This is a James Franco serious. I would have rather had McSorley come out of the game, put James Franco <laughs> in. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Put James Franco in full pads, no practice. Say we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna sna- we're gonna snap you the ball. Some receivers are going to run some patterns. I'm not even going to tell you what patterns they are. And I don't think that you can throw a football. 
but I want you to just throw it toward one of the players on your team. I would any pass play is better than that play call, including James Franco Pineapple Express bootleg. The worst call in football history, according to Joe Prano. I mean, besides, like, what else is up there? I don't know. I mean, that's that's what I'm trying to think in my head. I just don't know. Again, of a game that the whole country's watching. Pete, Pete Carroll thinks that was a terrible call. Oh, dude, th- those don't even compare, in my opinion. Like, like the James Frank, the James Franklin call is so bad, it doesn't even compare to the Seahawks not running the ball on the one yard line. I mean, it it's the I like I couldn't even, I just go who I said it over I was saying it out loud to everybody I go who runs the ball there I I was like I can't even begin to think what was going through his mind. But not even that, like I said, if if you do something with McSorley. Some sort of quarterback run. The guy's rushed for 175 yards, or some sort of quarterback option run. I'm not going to hate that, but just a straight up shotgun draw to your tailback. Awful. Like you, you should like he should be put in testing. He needs to be tested. Like there's something, yeah. men- there's something mentally wrong with James Franklin. Unbelievable. Well, Prano. Baseball, I don't know if what we want to talk. Right now, it's the eighth inning of the Cubs-Brewers. I hey, This has never happened before, right? Where two divisions have a one-game playoff to see who the division winner is? I have no idea if that has happened before, but it's pretty awesome. Let me bring in Tim Kirchin to see if this I mean, a shout, you know, shout out to Dirty Slides, but I said, like, is, does Dave Roberts use 40 pitchers tonight and then Kike Hernandez has to throw the wild card game? Probably, yeah. I mean, it's great. It definitely throws like a it. It definitely throws like a major uh, monkey wrench just even into the wild card games. Like, forget the teams that that like the winners of these teams just get to go on. But like, it even throws a monkey wrench into like those pitching matchups. Well, of the yeah of of the NL, you know, the NLDS strategizing for sure. It, it affects everything. I was kind of bummed. You know, my back's been out. Uh, Shabelli, Shabelli's mom was hitting me up and see if we were, if we were around, they had say some great seats. I don't know if she used SeatGeek. It, it was for like, what for, for the playing game? Yeah. Today it was basically like, I think it was like 125 bucks. All you can, uh, like one of those where you're sitting in the stadium, but it's like all you can eat, you know, where they bring you the food. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, Joe's out of town. And, uh, that's what happened to Shabelli. What do you mean? Because <laughs> he's a big boy, uh, it was a fat joke. No big deal. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I did zone out. I, this game is on. See, I, I'm, this is why I can't have games on in the background. I, I'm being distracted because uh, the 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 Brewers did just take the lead here a few minutes ago. The Brewers took the lead in the ninth, in the top of the eighth. Wow! And they, and they have no Brew Crew. Yeah, let's just str- yeah, let's I mean, just struck I, out. But they have first and third. Bronze up with one out. I want I want a Cubs Dodgers uh, wild card game. That's what you want, Cubs Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, Cubs Dodgers. Get rid of one of those fucking Cheddar Dick fan bases right out of the gate. Where would that be played? Do you know? I don't know. Oh, actually, it would be played in Chicago. They just they just yeah. showed it. The win the winner better. the winner of the Milwaukee uh, Chicago game is hosting. Right. 
Totally. What about the AL? Is, is this is this true that no? Is this the first time ever three teams have won a hundred games? That's amazing. Probably. Yeah. I think I saw that. No, uh, the AL is is going to be awesome. I mean, first of all, you get an, you get an Oakland Yankees wild card game. Then you have uh, a potential Boston Yankees NLDS or Boston Oakland. I mean, Boston Oakland is basically money versus no money. Yankees Red Sox is obviously uh, you know a great rivalry. You've got Indians Astros. And then, you know, it's all gearing up for what I've said is like two trains just ready to meet in the night. Like that's that's a Rutherism if I ever said one. But uh, Astros, Red Sox, like potential ALCS, it's the, the, the AL is I, I've said for a while, I think we're the World Series winner is coming out of. Well, we're going to have to break it down when you get back. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll have we'll at least have these uh, these wild cards settled by the time I'm back. I believe, right? Because they'll play a wild card game tomorrow and a wild card game Wednesday. Correct. Yeah. So that everything should be settled. Prano, you're gonna love it when you come back. Oh shit, Braun, huge hit up three one now. Yeah, fuck you, Cubs. Um, yeah, man, the Smut Studio. I, I I got a big fifty five incher. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be. Up on the wall, things are happening, Prano, in the Smut Studio. More renovations are happening. We might have to. I, I was even debating toying with the, uh, the the set we have here, a little. Oh boy, I, I need you to come by. I, I had a lot of time to think. I've been on my back for literally like six days. Way too much time to think, Prano. Way too much time to think. But I got to give Prano some love, guys. If you're ever dealing with back pain, you got to buy Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno. It will change your life. Yeah. Maybe if Tiger Woods had read that, he would have won a single match during Ryder Cup play. He's back! He's back, though, Joe! No, he is back, Andy. I don't know if you know, he took second yesterday. He's back! He, he, he finished second yesterday. It was a head-to-head match, but he finished second. He's Can, back. Well, I want to say this, as far as that's concerned, and just in general. Uh, I love the dirt balls, but I have to say this. Guys, I'm, you know what's not healthy for me personally? And I'm just, I'm not going to argue with you guys on Twitter anymore. I'm not. I'm, I'm serious. Like, that's one of the conclusions I've come to. Like, I'm just, you can do it, Joe. Obviously, I'm just speaking for myself. I, 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 I'm not changing opinions. You and I are so lucky to be able to have a platform to discuss sports for anywhere from 90 minutes to three hours twice a week. But if I haven't changed your opinion on Tiger or my opinion on how I feel about quarterback rating or any of these things on that, in my opinion, a lot of times people don't listen. I'm just not going to go back and forth. I just I just had to say that because I, I've been ignoring a lot of tweets lately. And it's just I'm just to the point of if if you think that what you think is better than me and I'm wrong, you're you're entitled to that opinion. But I'm not changing your opinion. So why try to argue with me? Well, yeah, I'm going to keep arguing with people because I'm usually eventually proven right. <laughs> I'm eventually usually proven right anyway. So then in the end, I just get to like go like, remember there are people who fucking told me Bill O'Brien was a good coach? You guys still out there? Or have y'all killed yourself like I told you to? <laughs> That's amazing. 
By the way, that's a big big move here by Braun. I don't know if I would have done that. He just tried to steal second. There was there was one out first and third, and he just got gunned down. Yeah. Anyway, well, what, you're up, you're up, you're up, you're up three, you're up three one. You're trying to put the nail in the coffin. If they get another base hit, then it's two runs. Now this way, if they get a base hit, it's still just one, but but two fucking basically seals the deal. Um, I know you had David Wright on the uh, rundown just quickly before we go. Shout out to David Wright. Uh, didn't hold the team hostage. Didn't force us to sit through next year where he played mediocre, below-average baseball for a farewell tour. He had his one game. He didn't Jeter. He didn't Kobe. He didn't make us watch some formerly great athlete just just rape us of money and a position on our team so that he could collect you know, hits and actually make our team worse. So shout-out to David Wright. He was always a great guy, always a great competitor. You know, obviously terrible run of injuries. Uh, the Mets did it right. Uh, I thought for once, at least a little bit, in letting him have a game and uh, giving him something without like giving him a whole season, but also not like saying, "Hey, we're not going to play you this year because then we can collect the insurance money." So in the end, everybody won. David Wright's a good guy. Didn't didn't hold us hostage. Shout out to David Wright. Um, you know, he'll he'll have his number retired by the Mets deservingly so i guess you know he certainly is like an all-time leader and stuff who knows what he could have been without the injuries um i don't think he was ever going to be you know a league mvp but but who knows how he could have been even just in in that 2015 season if he had been able to play the whole year certainly the next year after when we uh you know were defending a world series of appearance it would have been nice to have a healthy david Wright the whole year with that pitching staff uh great guy uh great met uh not you know by no means uh like first ballot hall of famer probably not a hall of famer at all but um in the mets hall of fame retire five good for him jacob Degrom should be the cy young winner and uh follow me on twitter <laughs> okay real quick question though about david Wright. serious question better career david Wright. Or comedian Stephen Wright. Ooh, two legends that burned out so fast. Um, I'm gonna go Stephen Wright. Oh, I thought you might say that. Interesting. I, I, I think people would put. I think there are people who have Stephen Wright as like a Hall of Famer in comedy. I'm not sure. I have him as a Hall of Famer in comedy, but I think there are people who do. And I mean, let's be honest. I'm a biased Mets fan, and I don't have David Wright as a Hall of Famer. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. All right, Joe. We'll let you go at Fix Your Life. And also, uh, funny Stephen Wright story. I ran into him one time at Doc Holliday's, like a shitty bar that they used to serve people underage at in New York City. And he was in the bar drinking. They would do $5 or $10 all you could drink. They would do like $10 all you could drink Bud Lights or Buds. And you would just get a plastic cup. And then you would go and fill it up. He was drinking all you can drink uh, beer. At Doc Holliday's, and he was wearing mittens. <laughs> That's a great story. So, so like, think about that. It was, it was like a big, you know, solo cup. So he had to hold his solo cup with two hands because he had mittens on. And he was just like, hold, he looked like a child, like, serving himself a sippy cup. And I was like, Stephen Wright, take off the mittens. He's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Stephen Wright, the original guy on couch from Half Bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's an interesting debate. I I'd have to agree with you. Now you know more a lot more about baseball than me, but I would have to say Stephen Wright is greater than David Wright. 
Yeah. With that story you just said alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at that point, he already has a big successful career, right? And he's he's in an all you can drink spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think Stephen Wright was ever like, you know, killing the game in terms of like he obviously never had a breakout TV or movie. Like I think he was like a, you know, he was always a working comic, but like you never really hear like Stephen Wright's coming to headline your town. I think he's always like lived in that like little medium zone where he knew he could go and play places and make a bunch of money for a weekend and then whatever. But like, I don't know if Stephen Wright was ever like a massive draw, obviously like a comics comic, a lot of comics loved him, big Boston guy, but yeah, like he was kicking around the East village and all you can drink. I mean, maybe he was there for the action too. Like the, all you can drink night was always pretty popular, but why he was wearing mittens and a down jacket inside a bar. I don't know. And why he refused to take them off while drinking. I definitely don't know. I'm on Stephen Wright's Wikipedia right now. Here's some quick fun facts before I let you go. He was nominated for a Grammy for best comedy album. Yeah. And also he won an Academy award with another producer for his 30 minute short film. Wow. So Stephen Wright is an Oscar award winner. Wow. Therefore, he is greater than David Wright. Okay, guys, that's the show. Once again, if you drop an iTunes review, if you leave that iTunes review, I'll give you some koozies. Just leave your Twitter handle or Instagram handle in the review. That way I can have a way to reach you and get your address. My boy Joe Prano over here. You can follow him at Fix Your Life on Twitter and at Joe Prano on Instagram. You can follow me at Andy Ruther on all the above. JoePrano.com for any of his shows. Joe will be back. We will be live on YouTube for our next episode. So bear with us. We'll have a different looking set. And once that's all set up, we can actually stream some some games, whether it's NFL or postseason baseball. We're going to go hit you guys with some live commentary, I think, on YouTube. Sounds great. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>